Welcome to the Love Boat, a Vikings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Johnson. With me is the usual cast and crew, Preet, Tyler, Carter. Today, we have a Packers fan as a guest. Sam, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well, especially after this whiteout game or fake whiteout game, as Packer fans have been telling us. Vikings come out with a dub against the Giants with the white end zones, the terrible white end zones, but it doesn't matter because Greg Joseph hit a 61-yard record-breaking walk-off field goal, so... I'm not too mad about that. Preet, let's get right into this game so we can start getting into the Packers game. That's of utmost importance. Greg Joseph came off with that huge kick. Everyone was doubting him all year. What do you just think of the current state of Vikings fans coming off this win, facing the Packers, and huge kick that we have never seen from Greg Joseph? It's it's all on the up and up right now, which only means it can go down. You know what I mean? <laughs> Every no, time bad start. Restart. You got to be positive, man. Ah, well, you know, if things are dangerously optimistic, and that is why I'm concerned more than anything else, because Greg Joseph doesn't make 50-yard kicks. He's made, like, one this season just to hit a 61-yarder in the most clutch moment. Granted, nobody rushed him, which probably helped. He had time to just take that extra step and really put the ball through. But that's really – I mean, hey, I don't think we need to worry about Greg Joseph anymore, if that's something you guys want to say, but – uh, so that's the one bright spot you're saying because apparently you're coming off pretty negative after a win yes i am so to break the fourth wall quick preet wrote in the prep doc we do he's good no further elaboration and then he comes out as negative as that <laughs> all right I'm, I'm, I'm up on greg joseph down on you know this general state of the world right now okay great thanks preet uh Carter, what do you think? Because you seem to be a little more positive. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, a little bit. Um, just I just want to call out someone, and we've mentioned it a few times. For context, um, Tyler called out Greg yeah, Joseph so for having a, you know, not a great game. I think he missed like 250 he yarders, and he two, said 56 and 256 yarders. And Tyler said he was the problem on the Vikings. And um, notoriously, <laughs> I took a picture of him in our um in our zoom meeting and just captioned it like average greg joseph i tweet it whenever possible in tyler's reply yeah yeah (laughs) it's kind of just become a meme for us at this point so um my um kind of finality of this is this is like putting an end like to it greg joseph saw what tyler said on twitter and on um the love boat podcast and had to shut him up by kicking a 61 yarder game winner that South African man just saw what Tyler said and he had to boot one through. He so what you're saying is that I'm the reason Greg Joseph is good, so I deserve some of the That was my theory earlier in the no, year, is that no. you're motivating him. You alone. Because yeah, obviously I'm motivating him. No, no, That's Tyler, me. Tyler, no. He, he well, doesn't. okay, you have your pedestal. Do you have an apology for Greg Joseph? You know what? I do. I mean, <laughs> franchise I longest field goal is my pretty baller. Wait, wait, by five yards. By five yards, like 61-yarder to win the game, not like a routine field goal, everything on the line. Greg Joseph comes up clutch, and I got to give him credit for that. I mean, I'm always going to be worried because this is the Vikings, and we've got horrible luck with kickers. But Greg Joseph, I mean, last week was amazing, and honestly, not even just last week, these last few games, Greg Joseph has been, you know, on a roll. So props to him. I'm not love hating on him yet. Love so. I, for one, love Greg the leg. So I'm very happy he's performing and that we have a kicker that I can have at least a little bit of faith in. It's just a new feeling for me. 
Um, one thing I really pulled from this game is just how incredible Hawkinson has been. He really put up the numbers this week. He had um, a franchise record for tight end receptions, I believe. He had two touchdowns. Carter, I want to ask you because you're kind of like the tight end guy, in my opinion. For some reason, what? it just seems Thank like you, you love what? tight ends. Thank you. That's a, that's a big when? compliment. Since when do you become the tight end guy? Well, out of the four of us, he's the tight end guy. Let's say, let's say that. So what, what what's your review of this Hawkinson trade we did midseason? Like such a weird trade, but seems to be really working out. Well, you know, obviously the first week was great and it kind of feels like there was a little bit of a mellowing period where it wasn't, you know, as great. He was still there, but it wasn't as huge of an impact. But I think, yeah, like we're we're seeing the long term effects of it now and how it's going to affect the Vikings. Yeah, I would. You got to sign him still. The thing is, this is guaranteed success at this point. Well, you know, let me refer it. Nothing is. But this is such a better ratio than drafting. It's somebody. a layup, it's not a it, yeah, shot. yeah. You're it's just a, a layup at this point. Just easy. Just you're it's it's just feels so nice to have this. Cause if you look at like the top 32 team or top all the 32 teams and rank all their tight ends, you really only have a few at the top that are good. And I'd Hawkinson's top three borderline. Like, yeah, he's yeah, he's cracking absolute can... minimum, he's top five. If he yeah. can start six, six fixing, maybe six maybe. If he can start fixing his drop problem, I don't see why he can't be top two. Yeah, no, I completely. It's agree not even all. okay. Hold off that. I want to just add one thing, and then Tyler, I'll let you talk. He, I watch him, and you said he has a a slight drop problem. It's nothing egregious. It's not, He's, but it's still he didn't have this problem in Detroit. So that's like, no, you're right because he he gets a lot of passes his way where he's covered. And you expect a guy like that big and athletic to come down with all these contested catches. He comes he down did. with a lot to of credit, them. To his credit, he came down with that one over the both of the He Jets. does. No, you're totally right. But then I watch some of these where it's like, him. it's where like barely contested and he just drops it. He flails. It's so weird, but overall, very happy with him. Tyler. Yeah, Lee. he's going to, he's going to be the number two weapon on this offense for years yeah. to come. So I just have a quick question for Carter and Preet. So you mentioned top three for tight end, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but there's obviously there's Kelsey, there's Kittle. Are you saying that Hawkinson is better than Waller Pitts? Yes. Yes. If I'm missing someone, Pitts? Pitts? Yes. obviously, I, yeah, Pitts. I would argue that, you know, you can't argue Pitts right now, but he's also just straight up not getting used or getting implemented in the game plan. So I feel like if he was on a system that better benefited him, he'd be in there. But yeah, right now I'd probably say he is better than them. I you think know, he's third. Better history. He he can be up there. It it really just comes down to opinion and what you value out of a tight end more. So that's fair. For sure, Kelsey's ahead of him. Kittle's ahead of him, but it's close, right? I mean, Kittle's I'm a better blocker. I Mark still, Andrews, I, Andrews. I, would Andrews. I would put Mark Andrews above him. Right Andrews, now. yeah, that's who I was forgetting. Well, with Mark, Mark Andrews is I'm a huge Mark Andrews fan. I just love the guy. Yeah, no, I agree. But like he's just been dealing with injuries. I'm sure he'll bounce back next year. I mean, tight ends of position. You're not sure if you're going to bounce back. That's fair. I just yeah, he's in that high end second tier of tight ends, like right after the the Kittles and the Kelseys. You've got like the Andrews, the the Wallers, the Pitts. Waller hasn't I think been it's, that good this season. Has he okay. Good, he hasn't you know, you can debate Waller, but he's like right behind the elite guys. So, yeah, Sam, what do you have to add? I'm going to be honest. I think a lot of people sleep on Mike Gesicki as well. Mike Gesicki's a really solid tight end in the pass and run game. He's good. 
I think he's had a down year, which affects his you. stock right now. He doesn't get you. But I would say I don't think he's a great blocker. No, Preet uh, is right though. He's just not getting used enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think that you can. I don't think you can really judge him off of Tua not targeting tight ends. It's either Tua or Mike McDaniel. Yeah. Yeah, they just don't utilize him properly. I think he goes to assist if he goes to a system that allows him to, you know, get open in the middle of the field and open up the middle of the field like he's supposed to. I think he could really thrive. I think he has definitely conversation up in that top five top six area when we were getting to that trade deadline i was completely down with getting gasecki for the vikings i thought that was more likely than hawkinson i think hawkinson's a better version though because hawkinson is much more athletic is much more fluid in space i don't know if he's more athletic but i do think he's a better blocker no he's He's got the for body size and build he's definitely more athletic i think if you take that into but like run after the catch give me gasecki no not at all he's you see T- Hawkinson this week take that screen past like 20 yards where he just tight ropes the, for a little bit? Like, Gasicki's not doing that. He, he's a robot after the catch. I always thought, like, just his speed, though. He does kind of look got... like a wide receiver out there. That's kind of yeah. what I was hoping Irv Smith would be. Like, we'll like big is. slot, you know. I, I see what Preet's saying, though. He just – I don't want to say he's not athletic. He, at times, he just looks slightly discombobulated and uncoordinated. There's And, you know, his gritty is a great example of that. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yeah, once he mocked the gritty, it's like they're you're not you're not coming to the Vikings. I mean, we Let's... we all know the real best tight end is uh, Mercedes Lewis and Jay. Oh Stern. yeah, for sure. Jay yeah. Sternberger supremacy baby. Yeah, he's actually I Mercedes so. Lewis has been great. I love I him, also, and I enjoyed watching him in that in that game so much against the Dolphins. Yeah, and I think he's the only number one or the only first round pick Aaron Rodgers has ever thrown a touchdown. <laughs> I I also want people to understand that Jay Sternberger went down in the tight end Hall of Fame on Twitter. Um, for his tweet after Terry McLaurin killed the Packers, and then he tweeted, "The Packers should have drafted Terry McLaurin because we picked Jay Sternberger instead of Terry McLaurin." <laughs> oh my god, I did not know that. That's hilarious. <laughs> Jay Sternberger, great. I wanted that draft so bad, but thank God. I mean, to be fair, he's not much of a downgrade over Irv Smith. Yeah. All right, I got like two more quick hitters I want to hit on this game, and then we'll move into the the meat of the podcast, the Packers preview. Uh, Delvin Cook. Kind of looked good last week. I was impressed with some of the holes he was finding because he wasn't doing his dance in the backfield game like he does sometimes with our bad O-line that hasn't been playing well lately. Uh, what do you think is kind of the future for him? Pre, I'll just start with you. We see the Rams have guys like Akers and Henderson and kind of like no-name guys and still have good seasons. So is just Dalvin Cook expendable whether he's still got that step or not? I don't think he's expendable per se, but I think you got to bring him back at a lesser cost. He's getting paid a little bit too much, and running backs, I don't think, can really get paid that much. Right. Uh, <clears throat> well, in terms of usage, KOC talked about after the game, getting Dalvin Cook, he should have gotten him involved more. I think KOC's just so used to going to the pass often, and when it, you have a guy like Jefferson, it just works pretty easily. So I think that's also part of the reason why he's going to do that. But the Packers' run defense is not great, so I'd expect him to get used a lot more this week, and he always performs well against the Packers. Yeah. Uh, if you guys don't have anything to add, Tyler, do you have something for this one? Yeah, I I just don't have enough confidence in the Vikings' backup running backs to where I'm comfortable letting Cook go without a viable replacement. You know, Madison is like he's a he's a good backup, but I wouldn't trust him to have the sort of elusiveness that you need from your running back to get those you know 
yards. To that point, though, I would love to see Madison perform if we're in a week 17 or week 18 spot where we can rest starters. Yeah, if um, you can, re- like, if we could if see Madison play one good week starter, out of Madison, I'd like then, to see what he does, know. though. Like that Mike Boone game a couple years back against <laughs> right. Monday night. But that's his height, I feel like, because I felt like when we were reliant on Madison, he was very boomer bust. He would have a game where he'd yeah. go over 100 yards and then he'd get 19 the next. And then Nwangwu, you know, he's Wong more of a special not, teams guy. He might be good in relief. We don't really know yet. No, we don't really he, know. And the same thing with Ty Chandler. We have no idea. So Hey, watch it. Watch it. That's Carter's guy, huh? Yeah, Ty we, Chandler. We, Ty Chandler is like my one player on the Vikings that I'll defend. Mini Kamara. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be Mini Kamara I'd be more than happy with. Um, one other thing I want to mention, there's a lot. I mean, the defense had some shaky moments. Obviously, Giants almost took the lead at one point. There's a lot of missed tackles. One bright spot's Daniel Hunter kind of coming back. But a talking point is our corners were just getting eaten alive by just bum receivers. It's frustrating watching this week after week, and Donatel refuses to really adapt. Tyler, you know, we can go to you right off the bat, but like, what's going on here? I mean, our corners, to some extent, they're they're going to get in trouble regardless of what Donatel calls. You know, there's there's no magical single play that you can call where it's like it's going to solve all our problems in the secondary. I think the issue is more of Donatel needs to realize when to be aggressive and. I think earlier in the season, he would just always sit back, sit back, sit back. And a lot of the other Fangio uh, copycats kind of had the same problem where their defenses were just not performing well and they were way too passive. You know, they're trying to keep everything in front of them. They don't want that big play, but they're just allowing everything underneath. And, you know, just the lack of presence up front just makes it super easy to run against these defenses. And now you're starting to see, I think it was Brandon Staley who first started to adjust a little bit because he was getting some heat. And he started being more aggressive. He started changing some things with his personnel and how he wants to attack offenses. And now all those other um, Staley, Fangio clones are sort of looking at Staley because it's a copycat league and like, okay, this is what we can do to be more aggressive and to help our offense out a bit. So I think that's what's going on. Um, I I have been encouraged with Donatel over these past couple of games, and I only think our defense is going to get better. Like, our defense has been so bad this year, there's only room for improvement. He has dialed up the pressure in yeah, I was gonna some say, moments, but not enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with you saying Donatel hasn't changed. He's changed a lot. He's starting to blitz a lot more. He more has, more. and I, I know I came in with that saying he hasn't adjusted at all. He has. There's been more blitzing for sure. Amount. This team's just not built for the defense he wants to run, and I don't think he expected this team to be this good off the bat, and the defense would need to do this much. And that might be his. That might be him not adjusting. That's him. a hot take saying he wouldn't expect his team to be good. I to be this good. I don't think he was expecting him to be like in that this position right now. But what I was gonna it's say, a, I don't think he's been bad. Like I remember that one play where he blitzed Patrick Peterson off the corner, which is something we haven't seen before. And Patrick Peterson gets help or gets credit. I guess he didn't get credit, but he got the, he basically got the sack. But there's only so much you can do with Duke Shelley, Patrick Peterson. And like a banged up Cameron Dance, those are your three corners. Like at this rate, Chandon Sullivan might be your second best cornerback. Like there's not much you can do with that. 
to jump real quick on what Preet said, I mean, these last two years with Zimmer, I mean, his defense was bad too. So it's not completely on the scheme to help the players with the personnel that we've had recently, you know. No, it's you're been right. a while since 2017. We don't have half those guys on our team anymore. Linval Joseph is an eagle on a one-year deal. I just I mean? think so, there's some small changes that can really change the direction of a whole game rather than sending the blitz on some key moments because they're still playing so far off these receivers that they're getting wide open and they're also getting cooked deep. So what's the point? Because uh, Darius Slayton had a huge pass and then that tight end that they have. Um, and I'm talking about the Giants game. Daniel he got two, touch, two touchdowns. I don't think he got, a, I think you're thinking of Hodgins. Yeah. Hodgins. Is he a wide receiver? No, he's a tight end. Or yeah, he that's what I was saying. No, he's a wide receiver. You're right. He's a, oh. he's a wide receiver. Okay, just exponentially more confused now. But you guys don't have anything else to add on the Vikings. Let's move on and get Sam involved and talk to a Packers fan and look at this actually really interesting week of football because there's some playoff implications for both teams. Okay, Sam, it's obvious the Packers are on a winning streak. We're going to be at Lambeau. I'm excited for the game. I think the Vikings kind of gotten their tempo back but the Packers are obviously popping off a little more I just want to know do you think the Packers should be favored in this game and what do you think it's going to look like I mean yeah it's it's a Packer game at the end of the season with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback in Lambeau Field like it's a divisional Packer game and it right now currently in Wisconsin or in Green Bay directly I will tell you it is 18 degrees as we record this so it's Sunday. It, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be forty on Sunday. I can promise you. The weatherman will not predict that far out for Green Bay. No matter how many times you look at it, the weather will consistently change throughout the day. Um, I I can tell you. I think that we should be favored for the simple reason, though. Aaron Rodgers looked like Aaron Rodgers last week. Um, yeah, against the thirty first best pass defense, like he dropped a ball into the basket of Xavier Howard on Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard is not supposed to beat Xavier Howard. I don't care how many times you look Xavier at Xavier Howard's not having a great year either. Like we're Xavier Howard's like, he, okay. So he, what's your, what's your excuse for Jalen Ramsey then? Jaylen like, Ramsey. are we just going to, we're no, going to make, we're gonna make legit. Jaylen okay. Legit. Okay. But, but didn't, didn't Aaron, Rod, didn't Aaron Rodgers drop the same balls in the same basket on Jalen Ramsey too? I'd watch that game. I don't know. What okay. I mean, he's still Aaron Rodgers. You, it's fair to say he's having a down year, obviously, but he's been showing up lately when it matters. And I think it's been a whole team shift because at, at the beginning of the year, he was dreadful to watch, you know, like you could see it in his face, right? Every 100%. Week. And it was, it was not fun to watch him. Like A lot of it was new receivers. A lot of it was not meshing with the offense well right. yet. And a lot of it was not having Devontae Adams to fall back on. You know how weird it is to not watch a Packer game where Aaron Rodgers targets Devontae Adams 16 times in a single game. I watched the Packers versus the Giants. And after that game, I looked at the stat sheet and I said, why does Alan Lazard have eight targets and Randall Cobb have seven targets in a game in 2022? That doesn't make any sense. Um, now that we're actually opening up the offense, it looks like we're, we're starting to expose more weapons. And it's, it's becoming more of a scheme thing and not just a forced thing. Um, the one thing I am kind of curious about, though, is there's there's some injuries that kind of occurred last week that could really shift this game to a different light with Christian Watson did go down at the end of the game. Um, Packers that, did, what was that on Watson? Cause see, I'm a little uh, worried about facing Watson this week. It, I, it, it looks like it was an ankle sprain, but it, I also might be wrong. I mean, I, I didn't really look at what the injury completely was. He did limp, um, but we did sign Bo Melton off the Seahawks practice squad. So it, the speed factor could still be there. It's just not going to be as strong. 
Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see, especially now that we got dubs back as well. So um, if we can open up the offense how it should be, we should be fine. We kind of have a split um, consensus here. Tyler, you're kind of on the same page as Sam, as you you do agree with the Packers being favored here. And we're talking from like a Vegas standpoint, not just, you know, what you think by your heart. Because it's basically the difference right now is home field advantage, right? Yeah. It's like and- three points. Yeah, Sam nailed it on the head with the weather. I mean, that's just going to affect how the football's thrown, how the football is caught, how the football is kicked. If there's any slight resemblance of wind or wind chill or snow. Wait, well, last I time mean, wait, 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 wait. Last time we talked about weather in Lambeau, it was what a 30 degree day, uh, 18 mile per hour or 30 mile per hour winds. Dalvin Cook ran through that team. Like, what are we? Yeah, but this is Kevin O'Connell this, offense. No, no, yeah, this, this isn't this Zimmer is offense. We're not going to be. I mean. I this think he might not be this as effective w- running with Dalvin Cook as we were last year. This is a, this is that was this is a worse Packers defense than that. I'm pretty sure even Sam can agree there because how many injuries they have. I I don't agree to that. I don't. I mean, it's not looking great on our run stopping, but if you think that you're going to come into Lambo and run all over us when the ball is going to be harder to throw, it's not going to happen like that. They're going to stack the box on you now. They're not going to stack the box no matter the conditions with Justin Jefferson. That doesn't mean that the run's going to be good because we've seen Dalvin Cook struggle all year. Even in his good games, he gets stopped often. But I am a little more worried about the pass rush because we Kirk Cousins has been a little shaky under pressure as of late, even though he's overall been doing well under pressure. But that's also pressure from the interior and with Bradbury being gone. I think Bradbury will be back this game, no? I'm not sure. Let me uh, let me ask one more Kevin question. Kevin O'Connell seemed pretty uncommittal on Bradbury. I think we're going to go Schlotman again. If you watch the Packers' defense from a difference of the last time we played the Vikings, they are matching Jair on a number one receiver at this point. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's were they not, doing? It they doesn't matter who you line up. They didn't. Justin they Jefferson didn't. Will not matter. I'm I'm trying to talk, man. Um, Justin <laughs> Justin Jefferson was not manned up on Jair Alexander. He was manned up on Eric Stokes, and Eric Stokes was giving up the most yards in the NFL this year. And he is now hurt. Now you have Jair Alexander, who's pros- probably going to be manned up on Justin Jefferson. I would look for Thielen to have a bigger game than Justin Jefferson, though. I don't. Okay. I mean, it doesn't matter who's been manned up on Justin Jefferson. He beats them every single time. It, there's only been one game where he hasn't performed, and that's when he got traded against the Lions. But when you're talking about pass There's also Darius Slay, too. I'm, to I'm be saying fair. in cold weather like that, they're not going to be able to force the ball downfield like they have been. In cold weather like that, it's not going to be the way you think. 30 degrees isn't that cold. I mean, just on a standpoint. But it's supposed, of, it's supposed to go down further than 30 degrees. Like If it changes, it, yeah, maybe. Like, throughout, so, it, like, this is just Green Bay weather. Right now it's 18, right? On Thursday it's going to be 45, and then we're expected to get another snowstorm, and it's going to hit with more cold weather. So like it's it's a whole shift. It, it, it the week is never predictable, ever. Yeah, the what the the weather's unpredictable, and I mean, I either way, I I don't. I think Sam's the big point is like this is not going to be a cakewalk. This is not going to be like week one where you're in perfect conditions at U.S. Bank Stadium and the Packers are just playing zone, especially after uh, sort of Jair made it known early in the season like hey i don't agree with this philosophy of just playing zone all the time against jefferson you know i'm a competitor i want that challenge of going against jefferson and with the way that sort of unfolded i would be shocked if the packers just went all zone 
And I, I do think to an extent, and I don't want to be hyperbolic here, Joe Barry is fighting a little bit for his job. You know, he has to make these adjustments. He has to prove to LaFleur that, you know, he didn't make a mistake for the second time after firing Petten. <laughs> you know, Whoa. the Packers are trying to make a playoff run and they want all cylinders firing here. You want a crazy stat? I'll give you guys one. All right. The Vikings have been winning in one score games, correct? Lately, it's been one score games. Yeah, they're 11 and 0. In the past three weeks, the Packers have not given up a single point in the fourth quarter. That's uh, immovable object meets uh, unstoppable force right there. It's going to be a crazy game. <laughs> no, I'm super <laughs> pumped, dude. And that's why I'm totally open to this debate and why now we're going to move out of it. But, you know, it's all in good fun. Carter, I was really thinking about this because, you know, obviously we play the Packers twice a year. What do you think is going to be the biggest shift from week one into this week? Because it's like literally almost polar opposites of, you know, the positions. And we're kind of back both playing for something again now. You know, I, I think we kind of delved into a lot of the player matchups and I right. think, and you know, so I won't kind of gloss over that again because we've already beaten that horse. But I think one of the biggest things is people didn't have the expectations for the Vikings that they do now. And I'd actually say they still don't even have that high of expectations for the Vikings overall. You know, I mean, y'all know how the national media treats the Minnesota Vikings. It's not great. But I think the the way that this game is being set up and the fact that it's being played in Lambeau is just a really, really huge difference into how this is going to play out. Because the expect, you know, people know that the Vikings are good now and the Packers are fiending for a playoff spot at home. I I think it's going to be a really, really just fun game to watch. So I guess the X factor is just the Vikings are looking, the Packers are looking at the Vikings like a very different team right now than I think they did week one. Preet. Actually, I want to ask Preet and Sam and then anyone else who wants to add and then keep this one civil. You guys don't have to debate each other. But I'm curious what your expectations for Christian Watson are. I know you kind of touched on it, but Preet... I think he's the biggest he's the biggest problem on the Packers offense. Yeah. down until he's a soul. It's plain and simple. Christian Watson, we saw it in week one. We saw the flash. Even though he dropped the pass, he can beat you over the top. And though I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the same guy he's been, he still has that deep ball. That's unquestionable. So you can't let Patrick Peterson get beat on a double move like that again because otherwise it's game over because Watson's not dropping that pass now. And even then, even if he's not going deep, he has a ch- every time he gets the ball, he has that home run hitting speed to beat you. So I think you're going to need to see a lot more Brian Osimo over the middle maybe to get, just guard that middle of the field, some some guy with legitimate speed who can maybe track him down because we saw Jordan Hicks get beat on a slant route and just not able to right. take down Richie James last week. So. I think you're going to see a little bit more Brian Osimo, and you're going to see, I guess, maybe Harrison Smith shading double coverage. Sam, I want to ask you the same thing. And then I'm also curious, you're facing some injuries kind of on the offensive line. The Vikings pass rush has been good all year, I'd say good, but they're kind of heating up now, especially Daniel Hunter kind of finding a a nice pace. Um, So just what do you expect from Watson? Obviously, you know, I would hope you think he's going to have a big game against our poor defense, but then also the status of the offense as a whole. I mean, I'm just hoping he's healthy. Um, yeah, right. Know, Watson, that's important. With Watson going down, that's the hardest part. He could be, he could be an X factor, and if he's not, but he can't be one if he's not playing, and that's the biggest point. But I think that um, I think that's different. It's a different wide receiver room than we're used to in Green Bay because usually we're used to having the same three guys on the field at all times together. 
Um, but lately it's been kind of as weird to think about as like a wide receiver by committee uh, with dubs coming back. And apparently sometimes you'll see Toure out there or you'll see um, you'll see Watson come out and then Watson will go out for Lazard. They keep people healthy and are kind of energized the entire game. Have, I totally get what you're saying. I've seen that with yeah, their wide receivers for sure. They've been swapping out receivers, which keeps them, I guess, they have more energy to keep going and it, it, it helps keep the wide receiver room fresh. And I think that's a difference because when, I mean, Patrick Peterson, we touched on it and he, he has been tending. There's, there's at least a player to a game where he gets burned pretty heavy. And um, with him going up there in age and going against a 23 year old with a whole lot of stamina coming off the bench and it's a different one every single time, it could get really frustrating. So with Watson, if he's healthy, that's the only difference that it's going to make. But it, if he's not healthy, I would look for, you know, another deep threat and another receiver like a Toure or a Cobb or um, someone at least to get somewhat open. So I'm a little bit curious about Aaron Rodgers because I've watched him maybe like every other week, every two weeks. And because I just tune into the local game, whatever's on. And he's looked a lot slower and hesitant. I think, is that because of the O-line or is that kind of him, you know, losing just a bit of a step and second guessing himself? I Or has he just been slower to get rid of the ball? So there's, the, I, I, I think there's a three-step policy to this one, because like, or not policy, but three steps to this question, because with the offensive line injuries, it doesn't help. I mean, you have right. a different left tackle and right tackle almost every week, and whether they swap Elton over there or they put Royce Newman at right tackle or Zach Tom at left tackle or um, – you know, Yash Najman at right tackle. It, the offensive line has been constantly changing all year, which is good because it gives the guys the experience that when an injury does happen, we have depth. Um, I think that we have a better depth chart at O-line than a lot of teams in the NFL um, with how deep our, our offensive line depth can get. But I think that that gets a little, that gets a little touchy when you're Aaron Rodgers in the pocket and you're trying to see the pocket while at the same time looking downfield for a receiver. Right. Um, you're used to having David Bakhtiari cover your blind side. And as much as he doesn't like to admit it, I think Billy Turner, Brian Belaga were like, you know, heaven sent when it came to that. Cause he could see right in front of him and have no problems. Um, now you lose that and with, you know, Yash going down and the injuries we've been having, it could be interesting to see Royce Newman in there. Um, but I think that Aaron Rodgers does second guess himself a lot. I think it's just with trust in receivers. Um, you know, he targets the same people all, almost all game when there's other people wide open and you, you see it time and time again, it's been happening since the beginning of time. It's not going to change anytime soon. He just second guesses where the ball should go when it should go somewhere. Um, and it's usually his first or second read. He'll overanalyze it and throw to his third read, which is Alan Lazard and triple coverage. Um, but I think the, the last part to that is he's been taking a lot more sacks that he normally wouldn't take. He's not throwing the ball away. He's not, he's not taking care of the ball like he used to. And I'm wondering if I've it's definitely noticed that I'm wondering if it's not buying into the system completely. And if he's not playing with the system or if he's audibling out of plays and causing that to happen. Well, I have a, I have a random question quick. Mm-hmm. Were you at all worried he'd be heading to the Broncos in the off season? No, I wanted it to happen. Believe it or not. <laughs> So, do you, um, so there was there some steam to the Nathaniel Hackett drawing Aaron Rodgers to Denver? You think? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I, I mean, it, it was, it was what they said was a done deal. You know, I mean, everyone heard it. Everyone said Aaron Rodgers right before the draft. Aaron Rodgers to Denver was a done deal. Um, and I 100% went into that draft thinking we're not going to have Aaron Rodgers, but they're just going to build around Jordan Love. And after watching Jordan Love play, I would be totally okay with that. I mean, it's. 
it's it's good seeing Aaron Rodgers a Hall of Famer play. Don't get me wrong, but like when when you don't want to throw away the future for two more years of decency. Very good, very good. If anyone has anything else to add, let's go ahead. Otherwise, I'm ready for predictions, and we can rack up the records and see what you guys are think is going to happen. Real quick, um, there was a there was a bit of an interview. I think it was a few months back where Rogers was talking about how much he loves the West Coast offense. So did anyone see that? And he sort of like threw shade at the Lafleur offense and how they use motions a lot and Rodgers is just he has this preference where he he wants his he likes offenses that are predicated on timing and everyone being right where they should be and I I wonder if that's part of the reason why he just does not like the LaFleur sort of offenses because it's just it's not what he prefers so but the thing about the West Coast offense is it doesn't work like it used to either because defenses are different than they used to be. So it, it's it's all about not buying into the new times and trying to hold on to the old. It's it's just like the ex-girlfriend trying to come back to the new boyfriend. It, it doesn't work out. It never is going to. Um, I think that it's it's a better it's a better. I think that the, the way the system is working right now, especially in the NFL, the time as the times change. You, you look at or look around the NFL, the best offenses around are, you know, Jalen Hurts run offense or a I I don't know like it's just I don't know I don't like the I don't like the West Coast system for Green Bay I, I after watching the McCarthy system for so long I couldn't stand it so well Fair what enough, do you think is going to happen in this game then we'll get a we'll get a prediction for the score if you want otherwise just pick who you think is going to win and you know what it might look like there Sam I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Green Bay 21 to 20. I think it's gonna be a close game, but I think it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a comeback from Green Bay in like the fourth quarter. You're the first guest we've had pick against the Vikings, but our guests we've all had are three and zero in predictions. So pressure's on, buddy. If I get it wrong, I get it wrong, man. I haven't <laughs> I haven't put a whole lot in the Packers this year, so. Yeah, well, I'm happy to hear a Packers fan complain about Aaron Rodgers for five minutes. Uh, let's just go down the line. I'll just give our records quick. Carter's 11 and four. I am now tied with Carter at 11 and four. Uh, uh. really tight behind us at 10 and five. And Tyler, the person who picks the opposite of what we pick every week, is six and nine. Nice. So let's go down Mr. the line. Contrarian. Carter, who are you picking? Oh, I wish you didn't go to me first. Um, <laughs> I, I have to. I You're the like lead. I have been slightly contrarian to the Vikings, and they're a good football team. And I feel like I just have been, you know, I picked the Patriots. I picked the Giants, even though the Vikings the were way too. better. No, I didn't. Did you not pick the Jets? No, heck no. Who did you pick? Then? You I picked, picked the weird, Vikings. You picked uh, the weird one. It was uh, – I don't remember what it was. I know I picked um, – You picked the Bills, I'm pretty sure. I picked, no, the I, Bills, picked the and then I also you, picked I didn't uh, I picked the you yeah I picked the Vikings over the Cowboys too I think those okay. are my losses on the year but nonetheless I I feel like I'm gonna have to go with the Vikings on this one I I do think it's gonna be a really good game and I think it's more of a coin flip than anything else and if anybody in a coin flip this year I think I'm gonna take the Vikings uh pre what is yours 27 to 10 Vikings Ooh, 27 to 10. Or 20, my bad, not 10. I was going to say, you wrote 20. <laughs> 27 <laughs> to 10 would be excellent. No, nah, that's not going to happen. Tyler, what have you done this week? Uh, I have the Vikings splitting with Green Bay, so I got the Packers 30-20. I uh, 
anything to elaborate on? That's fine if you don't. No, no, no. We've broken just, it down uh, as far as we can go. My my record's terrible, and I'm just going to continue my tank. Do I get do I get a draft pick after this? No, we or should think of a, a pity prize. We should think of a punishment a though. Punishment. Yeah, we can haze I, you I or walked something. Right into that. Yeah, you shouldn't have brought it up. I am going with the Vikings, and I just think. I don't think it's going to be, you know, nail biter. I think it's going to be a good game, but this might be like more than one score in my opinion. I mean, they have to make a statement at some point if we're going to get into the playoffs and make a splash. So maybe that's the bias in me speaking, but like it's, it's got to happen this week. Cause I mean, I don't care if we blow out the bears, I want to beat the Packers and then eliminate their hopes at, you know, a playoff spot. So I'm, I, I'm, being a little biased this week, I think, but I'm thinking like 27, 17, because I want it to be a two score win. And I think it will be, I think there's a chance it will be. I'm I'm not super stern on that. Let's move into super gremlin Carter. If you want to introduce it, that'd be great. And then we can go down the line. Of course, super gremlin of our week to explain it to you, Sam is basically our segment where we get to talk about really like anything that we want. It was obviously coined by Antonio Brown when he stormed out of MetLife stadium to end his NFL (laughs) career. And my super gremlin of the week is none other than the NFL concussion protocol (laughs) is good. Lordy D. What in the world? And I know Sam probably has some stuff to comment on with that. But Tua, for those who don't know, Tua is in the concussion protocol again. And at this point, you know, all the debate shows are talking about if he should hang up the cleats or just not play for the rest of the season. And yeah, I just I, I don't have too many actual comments on what happened other than just, you know, prayers to the guy. And this is truthfully one of the most unfortunate situations that I've seen. <laughs> Legitimately, I feel awful for Tua. And this is coming from a big What a awful. bad season for him to just to suffer injury after injury too. Yeah. And if the concussion happened on the play that people think it did, it's the same way. I believe he got his um the first, the first concussion where his head slammed back into the turf. Ugh. It's just unfortunate. Uh Sam, if you want to add on to that and go next with your submission. So I mean, yeah, I think I I I also I, I I watched the play that Carter's talking about. It looks yeah. like it it could have been the same exact thing. Um, I think I think he's one hundred percent right. The NFL's concussion protocol is quite literally a joke at this point. Um, the amount of people, I mean, it took it took Nelson Aguilar telling the refs to get Devontae Parker off the field for them to realize that the guy had a concussion. Um, it, it, that one was absolutely gonna, unacceptable. That one made me so mad. But I don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna fix it. But it's something that needs to be looked into. I don't know if it's the new helmets or what's going on, but it's it, it's everywhere. Like it's the worst than it's ever been. And I know they've been trying to crack down on it a little harder. But at the same time, there's something not helping. At the same time, right? Um, now my my super gremlin of the week is Ramondre Stevenson and his game losing fumble after the pitch back to lose the game for the Patriots the week before that. <laughs> um, no, this is awesome. <laughs> so like he pitched the ball back to who was that? Was that uh? Was it Jacoby Myers? Jacoby Myers. Jacoby? Yep, yep. And then Jacoby Myers pitched it back, and Chandler Jones caught it, ran it back for a touchdown. Everyone saw Just that. Just for context, I have submitted um, Chandler Jones. And Carter submitted Jacoby Myers the week before. And now we have Ramondre Stevenson. This is awesome. No, don't. The father so, of the we have so the trio. Week, yep. So this exactly week, Ramondre Stevenson. Wait, wait, wait. Preet, say that one more time. I want to. 
the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay, yeah, go ahead. So, so it's it was the, it was like the, the Patriots just they were about to kick a field goal to end the game. Like they they were just trying to get better field position, and they're getting down closer to field goal range. And they gave Ramondre Stevenson the ball, and he gets the ball punched out and fumbles, and they lose the game. Oh my God! Yeah, that was <laughs> like, my week when I saw that. Like the week after he did it, he did it again. Like, good job, man. Gold star. Uh, Tyler, we'll do yours next and pre, and then I'll wrap it up. What is your submission? Oh, yours is a good one. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, the gift that keeps on giving is Russell Wilson. Uh, this week, uh, the Broncos played the Rams on none other than Nickelodeon to fight for who should be MVP. Not M N. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. Anyways, uh, they got Patrick right. Star. <laughs> they got Patrick Star commentating the game live, and uh, Russell Wilson cooked up an interception, and <laughs> it, it just went downhill from there. Patrick Star just started roasting him, and it just shows the fall from grace. You go from winning a Super Bowl with the Legion of Boom to. Patrick Starr making fun of you on Nickelodeon. Plus, sad. like, I, you, you watch the highlight. Obviously, Patrick Starr didn't do the whole game. Was he a sideline reporter? Is that the gag? It, it like, had a weird rotoscope CGI yeah. thing where it, it was literally the voice actor for Patrick. Yeah, so I, it just so happened that he was commentating at the time Russell Wilson's yeah, terrible yeah, like pick, they, and I love that. I in. love that for him. I wish I knew the name. I think his name's Bill... I don't know the last name, but well, that's all right. We don't need to know his name. They were but... literally doing it live, you know, we'll do it live. But yeah, no, that's fantastic. And I think Russell Wilson can be part of the submission every single week. Because... And just to add on to a little bit of Russell Wilson stuff that we have. Talked oh, about, very good. We have Deep big lore. new Russell Wilson lore that we've now figured out. I believe as of this week, Russell Wilson has now thrown as many touchdown passes as he has bathrooms in his house. And this is a really big accomplishment. Let for us. Russ cook. I'll give him a round Let of Russ applause. Cook. Broncos country, let's ride. And I fear that, he, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the pre-show, but there's a good chance that he doesn't throw another touchdown for the rest of the year. And he My prediction is they blow it up. They rest him. Nathaniel Hackett's out. They don't have a coach. Do they have well, a coach yet that's been named? I, I yeah. fear so that if they, start, coach. if they start ripen or ripping, um, there's a good chance that the O-line just Mike does not Merkin. block for him. Yeah, so. Did you interview with Dalton Risner like three years ago? Seemed like the nicest dude ever. Dude was like, trying to punch. like He's their Walter Payton man of the year, isn't he? No, he's the nicest guy ever. Like back when he's... like oh, I, yeah. I did an interview with him back when he was like a draft prospect. And he was like this first round projected player. And I was like this random ass high schooler. He's doing an interview with him, and he was like cool enough to take the time. Now he's out punching like backup quarterbacks. It's- Guess who their submission for Walter Payton Man of the Year is? Dalton Risner. I'm not even joking. That's just, <laughs> I don't know the context. Of what he's story, but just, did you oh not see boy. it? No, no I he did. shoved Ripien. It's no, I'm saying it's hard to know exactly. Oh, no, totally. Yeah. But it's just yeah. funny that without context. <laughs> oh, the video was like, hilarious. my respect for Latavius Murray went up a yeah. lot. Oh, I, as a Vikings fan, we've always yeah. loved him. I love Latavius. I Shout think he's awesome. Uh, Preet, do you have yet to go? Yeah, let me go real quick. I got Shannon Sharp. Uh, <laughs> in an interview he did with Deion Sanders, he was trying to compliment him. You know, like how people say, you know, you stay 10 toes down, you know, stay loyal, stay like close to the ground. 
He said to Dion, you stay eight toes down, referring to Dion Sanders losing two toes in surgery last year. So that's kind of hilarious to me, but that's my grandma of the week. And I'll do mine quick since we're going kind of long. I just, this is more of a kudos. My super grandma is Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. I just am so jealous of these late round quarterbacks. They don't even need to be, you know, game breakers, but just him stepping in and balling out. I love it. Big cock Brock or big ball Purdy, whatever they keep calling him in the locker room. He's got to be the luckiest guy in the entire NFL. Think about it. You're Mr. Irrelevant. You go to Disney World. You get your own parade. You get to be a backup quarterback for most of the year. You get that free paycheck coming in. And then you get to be the starting quarterback of a team with weapons all around you and possibly lead your team to a Even Super Bowl. before he became a starter on a playoff team, more people knew his name just because he was the last pick person in the draft. Yeah. You have wasn't, three rounds of players no one knows, but you know Brock Purdy. Wasn't Brock it. Purdy supposed to be like a first round pick until like the like the year before the draft and he just tanked really bad? He was regarded as being a decent, like mid level prospect. There was I think there was some hype. Of he was getting really up good there. at Iowa State. Yeah, I, I he was great at Iowa State, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure how highly he was and how much okay. smoke it. It because I'll be honest with you, I can't remember. But I know he was hot, regarded as being higher before this year. And honestly, the fact that he was in seventh was ridiculous. Well, that's this week's show. We got a big matchup next week. We'll be back. Thanks so much for joining us, Sam. If you have anything to put out your Twitter account or anyone to follow you anywhere, do it. Otherwise, don't worry about it. His I just want to fans. say thanks for coming. Yeah, your OnlyFans. Thanks, Tyler. I, I don't have an OnlyFans. Not yet. Come Thank soon. God. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, thanks so much, everyone who's still listening. We'll be back next week. And appreciate it. Pre- end of the show with uh, your garbage. Thanks for saying it while I was still talking. Wonderful ending. Goodbye. <laughs>